Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It was parade day yesterday for the Golden State Warriors. Should they already be making plans to host one again next year? Not present for the festivities, one Kevin Durant. Did he make a mistake leaving Golden State? And how high can Steph climb the list of greatest players ever? Good Tuesday morning, everyone. Welcome to First Things First. Jen and Nick, Chris Broussard, Kevin Wilds. Nick, Steph, crack your top ten, or there's still room to grow for Steph? Well, my top ten is of the last 50 years. That top ten he is in. Brew's top ten of all time, he's in that as well. But that's because Brew got hit in the head and forgot Wilt Chamberlain existed. We'll discuss all of it in about a half hour. So all all that and more. I'm never going to let the Wilt thing go. I'll never let it go. Let's put Westbrook in there since it's all about numbers. Clearly. All right. We got to start this morning. Big story out of the NBA this week. Kyrie Irving's future in Brooklyn. It broke yesterday as we were coming off the air. As of right now, not looking good. Conversations between Kyrie and the Nets appearing to have stalled. An impasse is what they're calling it. Fancier than stall. Kyrie's considering his options on the open market. Lakers, Knicks, Clippers, all reportedly interested. Nick Wright, what would it take, do you think, to get Kyrie out to the Lakers? Well, I think there's a path. And Chris Broussard said something off the air yesterday. And he was like, could Kyrie for Anthony Davis be a thing? And as often happens when Broussard muses on things, I just dismissed it out of hand. I was like, that's ridiculous. It's not even worth discussing. (laughs) However, a few hours later, I was on with my dear friend and mentor, Colin Cowherd, on what I consider to be the best podcast on the Volume Podcast Network, even though it is old media. And he proposed the exact same trade. And I'm like, well, it's one thing when Brew proposes it. But when Colin does, I'm like, I'm going to have to pay attention. But I was like, still, I don't think that works. I don't think if you're the Lakers, you can trade Anthony Davis for Kyrie Irving. But then I thought about, and so I said to Colin, I was like, the Nets would have to give up more. And I was like, what is the more? And I said, oh, wait, what about the biggest, most blockbuster NBA trade ever? It's going to sound shocking, but then, Brew, what I would ask you is, Do both teams have a six-hour meeting about it? Do both teams say, okay, we need to get the whiteboard out and do pros, cons, and all of it? The trade is AD 
and Russ for Kyrie and Ben Simmons. So the best player in the trade goes to the Nets. The worst player in the trade goes to the Nets. uh, Kyrie is a question mark. Ben Simmons is a question mark. None of them are as much of a... Russ isn't a question mark at this point. He's just a wrong answer. So you have the blue chipper in AD, plus Russ, a little reunite with Kevin Durant, plus the fact that he's expiring. To go along with Kyrie, who the relationship is souring, and Ben Simmons, who's never played for you. If you're the Lakers, Ben Simmons can play center. LeBron and Kyrie are reunited. If you are the Nets, and you want to see if it can work with Russ, if there's any team that has enough shooting, it's a team that has Seth, Joe Harris, Patty Mills, and oh yeah, Kevin Durant. And if it doesn't work, you can buy him out midway through the year, or just let the contract expire. That is a trade brew that I think both teams have an all-hands-on-deck meeting for. Our second and third best player for your second and third best player. And let's see if we can shake the snow globe, because as presently constituted, both teams need to shake the damn snow globe. Big time. Well, all right, let me clear a few things up. That's interesting. I'm going to get into that. Uh, First of all, I did not propose... A Kyrie for AD no. train. I was thinking out no, loud. Just okay, there's a difference. I was you thinking out musing. loud. That's All right, true. Just musing. Yes. That's true. All right, but uh, let's first let's assume so we can discuss. Well, let me say this first. Ideally, if I'm the Nets, ideally I come to a compromise with Kyrie, in which let's say he wants the full five year max, and we settle on a three year max. Or three-year max with some incentives in there to get him to the max. How many games you play a year. So ideally, that's what I want to do with the Nets. If I'm them, I want to try to see what I can do with Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and AD. Or in uh, Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and KD. All right, now, we also have to assume, Nick, for the sake of discussion, that Kevin Durant is cool with bringing Westbrook there, right? Yes. Because he could nix it right away and just be like, no. And Westbrook could, too. But let's go ahead and say they're both fine with the reunion. Now let's get to the crux of the matter. This is the very definition of my problem for your problem. I mean, this is my problem for your problem on steroids. All right. So, but I'm going to be honest, Nick. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Obviously, Kyrie has spoken wistfully of his time with LeBron, right? Like, oh, man, yep. it was, you know, I'm, I'm the one that ruined it. You know, I know now what LeBron was doing as a leader, all that. Uh, ben Simmons has been a longtime protege of LeBron's, all right? So maybe yep. if anybody can get Ben's mind right, maybe it's LeBron. And I would agree with you, the Lakers are the ones taking the biggest risk. Even though the Nets are the yep. ones getting Westbrook, the Lakers are taking the biggest risk because Kyrie might tire of LeBron. Kyrie might, you know, want to go back home and be in Jersey slash Brooklyn. And Ben hasn't played. And obviously, you don't know you don't know where Ben Simmons' mind's at. Yeah. Yep. So they're taking the biggest risk. The Nets, look, I know it's fashionable to rip Russell Westbrook now. Well, AD obviously is great. We don't even he he would be great. But Westbrook and KD, it worked. I know they didn't win a championship, but that was a very good team. How good? We know they got to the finals as youngsters. We, this is how good, though, after that. 
In 2016, they beat a Spurs team that won 67 games with uh, Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge at the height of their powers. They beat them in six games. And then they went and had the 73-win Warriors down three games to one. Okay, now I know we know how it ended, but to get them down three games to one, it had to work to some degree. And a lot of reasons, Nick, and you notice, the reasons those teams lost in the playoffs a lot of times was because Durant was injured a year, Westbrook may have been injured, Serge Ibaka was injured. Like, they had a lot of injuries. That's right. And so I'm not saying it was Magic Kareem, but if, if you think of all the stars in the league, are there any better suited to play with Russell Westbrook than Kevin Durant? Because he doesn't oh need the gosh. ball in his hands. Durant knows how to play with Westbrook. Now, Wilds, I get what you're saying. I would rather keep Kyrie and Simmons. But if it gets completely untenable, then I, I don't hate this if Durant's all right with it. Because he knows how to play <laughs> with Russell. And again, I got AD. And like huh? Nick said, we got shooting. You get AD. So I, I don't think it's that bad. Right, you get AD okay. too. It's not just yeah. those two. It's, I mean, I, I that's hate pretty, this. I, on that's a not molecular bad. Level, I, I hate it on a molecular level for several reasons. The first reason being, a few weeks ago, I said, "You know what, Russ should do to get back on track? Hit some free throws." He's in the 60s, and he used to be 85 percent. And I was lambasted. I was put on a stake. Yeah. Oh, he can't do that anymore. His shot is fundamentally broken. I'm player. talking about moving yeah. his free throw percentage up. 15 points, and you guys ripped me. But now all of a sudden we can get into a DeLorean and bring back Russell Westbrook from 2016, who was so successful. Kevin Durant said, you know what? I don't care about my legacy. I'm out of here. So I don't think it works at all. What I want Kevin Durant, Nick, to have is a normal basketball team. That's it. I hate my problems for your problems. It's not, not like that anywhere else in the world. Excuse me, waiter, there's a hair in my food. Oh, sorry, let me bring you back a salad with a little piece of glass in it. No, that's not how it works. I want normal no, but food. That's it. Kevin Durant has played with... It, it, Harden's going to work. No, Harden's not going to work. Kyrie's going to work. Kyrie's not going to work. Ben is going to work. Well, no, I didn't even suit up. He, just get Kevin Durant a normal player. A no- normal guy like Anthony who want to play basketball. A normal team. That's it. You guys are you, you guys are missing normal things for the trees. I shouldn't say you guys. The, the, the whole not, point of this for the Nets crazy. is to get you're right. Is to get Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis on the same team. Two switchable seven footers who at their best are two of the the very best players in the league and can play both ways. It would be a matchup nightmare for teams. The only way they can get... I feel like, Wilds, you would have liked this trade more if it was just Anthony Davis up for Kyrie and Ben Simmons. Like, you're, you're getting lost in the Russell yeah, Westbrook part I don't part like the drama. The I just want an average really? okay, well, Is that then, true? Then you average can buy, team with a star works. Hold, 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 well, here's Russ the thing. Let, me, let me just stay here for a second. It, it, but let me... I don't know if you Russell would be any good for this. I don't know that it matters. Because here's what I know. We have proven, can you win a title with an all-time great player and Anthony Davis without another star? Yes, we saw it happen. Also, do you guys remember one year ago, Kevin Durant released his all-time team? And curiously, we can show it to you quickly, who was on it? 
in place of Tim Duncan was Anthony Davis. Now, I took issue with this and tweeted to KD about it as we've been, you know, slowly trying to fix our relationship. It took a few detours this year when I, you know, said he's second place for life, but still. And Durant tweeted back and said this about Anthony Davis. AD can knock down the three middies from everywhere. A handle, if need be, would be a cheat for any team ever created. That's April of last year. He then went on when I asked him about Duncan. I'm like, yeah, wrong. but what about Duncan? And he said, I get that about Tim. I can counter with AD being a switchable defender and rim protector. Elite at both two. That's Kevin Durant on Anthony Davis. So, I, the Wilds, you're focused on the rust part of it. KD plus AD would be, I think many would argue, the best duo in the Eastern Conference by a sizable margin. That'd be interesting. Now, I would still go Giannis and Middleton because I have such regard for Giannis. But as far as two guys, if we're taking like the net average of the two guys, and then you see if there's any juice left in Ross. And if not, you can buy him out. You send him home. And it's KD, AD, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, you know, whomever else. Like, I think there's okay, a meeting. That's more I think there's a long meeting in Bobby and Sean Marks' office about this. And I think Rob Belinka sees if he can get Linda Rambis on the line. See if she'll okay it. Bobby Marks <laughs> I, comes too. I hear you, Bobby though, uh, Kevin Wilde. Bobby's uh, it's a long in, time in ago. Let's stay at West. <laughs> Talk the world champion Warriors. Can they run it back? Talk about that on the other side. First things first. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Saturday on Fox, it's baseball night in America. Freddie Freeman! Back in Atlanta for the first time as a Dodger takes on Ronald Vecchio Jr. and the Braves. Right, you got Rockies taking on the Twins Saturday, 7 Eastern on Fox. Check local listings for the game in your area. All right, we head out west to the streets of San Fran. Is there anyone better at parades at this point than the Warriors? Four of them in the last eight years. 
over a mile down Market Street, thousands of their closest friends on hand. No stress, no interviews, no schedule, just joy. Maybe a drink or two or three. And when it came time to talk to the crowd, leave it to Draymond Green to get everyone fired up with a big ol' I told you so. Take a listen. I'm just trying to think of the most controversial thing I can say. <laughs> like the media, like they do, you know? Um, no, I mean, this is great. Uh, I don't know, what y'all want me to tell you? That we better than everybody? Uh, I told y'all don't let us win a championship. And clearly, nobody could stop it. Um, I warned y'all, so I'm just going to continue to destroy people on Twitter, as I have been. I just want to say thank you all, and as always, everybody else. I love y'all. Huh. Uh, all right, so let's spin it forward, Broussard. Do you think the Warriors repeat as NBA champs? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, look. Jenna, I'm not going to make a prediction right now. I'm just going to bask in the glory of my correct prediction from this season. All right? So, Nick, don't get bogged down in the details. Everybody knows I picked Golden State. That's all all that matters. Everybody knows I picked Golden State. I picked Golden State. All right? Now, but, but here's what I will say, Jenna. The chances of them repeating are great. Like, they got a really good team that I think is going to get better. Now, I love Milwaukee healthy in the East. I think they're the favorites out there, and obviously that'd be a tough matchup with Golden State. There are a lot of good teams in the West coming. Look, they're not my Clippers, but if they're healthy, they're going to be a handful. Dallas is going to be better. I kind of like the Christian Wood trade. We'll see if he can play in meaningful games, but he looks good, right? He looks good. Uh, in Houston playing for the, for the Rockets. So I like Dallas, obviously. Memphis, you know, we assume they'll improve because they're young. Wh- who with the Lakers maybe will be somewhere. Phoenix. So it, it, look, the competition is tough out West. Denver too. But I believe Golden State Nick is going to get better. Andrew Wiggins, who is a top tier talent, not a top tier player, but a top tier talent is going to get better. He's in the perfect role. He doesn't have to bear the burden of giving you 20 points a night. He can defend. He's going to have the confidence of playing great on the biggest stage. So he's going to be better. Uh, Clay Thompson, I think, is going to be better. I think he's going to have his legs back. He's going to have more confidence back. And Mm. he's going to be more in rhythm with his timing, everything. Jordan Poole, I think, is going to be better. And that's not to mention the young guys. If, so. if they get James Wiseman back, a seven-footer who's athletic, can protect the rim. Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody. Like, they got the depth to kind of rest Steph and Clay and Draymond a little bit in the regular season and have them ready for the playoffs. So, yeah, they had a great shot at repeating. They should be the favorites right now in the West. Okay, I don't think they should be the favorites in the West. I, I also just want to say something about Wiseman because I, I don't want to – we've never seen the kid play, or barely seen the kid play, I should say. So I don't want to come across as being anti-Wiseman. He seems like a perfectly nice young man, and by all reports, he wanted to play, and it was the team holding him back out of concern about the knee. Right. But two years removed from a college career that didn't go the way he had wanted it to, he just hasn't played a lot of basketball since high school – so I think anything at this point, even though it's number two pick of the draft, you get from him as a bonus. Here, Wilds, 
is what I believe the Warriors would need to do in order to actually be the favorites. Brew is talking about Wiggins. I think Wiggins' stock right now is at an all-time high, and he is a year away from being an unrestricted free agent. I think if the Warriors want to actually be the favorites, not just the Vegas favorites, but at least, you know my favorites, I think Wiggins, who is on a big contract, plus, wait, Brew, hold on. You don't even know what I'm going to say before I, before I say it, buddy. Like, I think you might come around to it for a moment. If you think you can call up a team such as Washington and say, we will give you Andrew Wiggins and you pick two of our three youngsters, Wiseman, Moody, Kaminga, you pick your two favorite of the three and try to add some real star power that way. I know that they have, that Lakeup is trying to sell us on, we're going to bridge dynasties. Unless Steph Curry is going to play for another 12 years, this dynasty will go on as long as Steph Curry is in his prime. They, they, the idea that the Warriors have figured out the secret sauce, they have not. The Warriors have figured out how to employ Steph Curry. And he's one of the greatest players of all time. And they've done an excellent job putting pieces around him. I would be much more focused on continuing to put pieces around him than I would be on looking at the post-Steph Curry era. And so because Wiggins' stock is so high and because Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman still have massive value, not so much with Wiseman, but Kaminga and Moody because they are a year removed from being lottery picks, I think the Warriors are the best positioned of any of the contenders to be able to upgrade. And in order for them to win the title again, I do think they need to upgrade because Steph is not going to get better. Steph, you hope to maintain. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Clay, And Draymond is clearly on the downslope. So I do think they need to get better. And I don't think it's 19-year-old Jonathan Kaminga becoming 20-year-old Jonathan Kaminga. I think it's adding someone who can help you right now for big minutes. So in that so that's the Warriors path You're talking to about me, Bradley is Beal. finding a way to, to You're talking about Bradley, Bradley Beal. Beal it's not just Bradley right. Beal. There's other guys that might come available. Well, I mean and you so mentioned Washington. I think, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, no. Oh, oh, I thought I said Bradley Beal's name. Yes, of course. Bradley Beal no, is the name I was talking yeah, about there. Right. But there's other guys that might come available. Yeah, guys that could help you right now. Right, so, so that's what I think the Warriors right, need so, to do, Wilds. I'd say I disagree. But you weren't impressed with the way Andrew Wiggins shut down Jason Tatum. Thank you, Like, Wilds. if you just Thank did you. that trade, all of a sudden Bradley Beal is on that team. I think Jason Tatum is okay with Bradley Beal guarding him where he wouldn't even match up against him. And next thing you know, the Celtics right. might win. I, I feel like you're undervaluing, I, although I do respect you sticking to your guns about a take that you had a few years ago. But no, don't you think that Bradley that Beal wouldn't make that it. team better defensively at all? Wait, guys, no. They're a great on. defensive not, team, I'm and not, Wiggins and Draymond are the key, Nick. You give up Wiggins. I understand that. That's Do, a lot you lose. Okay, let me ask you this right now. Just, just hold on. Maybe... First of all, I'm not sticking to any take from a few years ago. I'm I'm talking about the Warriors in 2023. Let me ask you right now. What Warriors team for you two is more ominous, is a better team? The team they have right now or a team that loses Wiggins and a couple of the youngsters who played zero seconds in the finals and adds an all-star? Call it Bradley Beal. What team is better? I think option B is better. Do you guys think option A is better? Look, I don't. I don't hate having Bradley Beal on this team, but I need what Wiggins gives me, is which is defense. I don't need another score necessarily. 
I told you that's why they were going to beat Boston. They had plenty of scores. Wiggins also gives you 20 points a game if needed. Listen, Nick had some takes. Nick likes steaks. Nick wants to hold on to him. I get it. Uh, can we stick with it's the Warriors? It's got nothing no to pain, do with no problem. I'm joking. Still chance. Well, look, Did Durant make a mistake gross. leaving Golden State? All right, we're back at I like this better than... It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Attacking the world champion warriors. Paraded through the streets of San Francisco yesterday, getting pretty used to this parade thing. Fourth time they've hosted one since 2015. Among those missing from the parade route, me, Wilds, my kids, Wilds kids, and Kevin Durant. Watch this transition. Broussard, does the title cement the fact that Kevin Durant did in fact make a mistake leaving Golden State? Well, I think the word cement is strong because obviously Kevin Durant's still in his prime and has years to play. If he wins a championship, man, if he won two, I know that's saying a lot, but if he won a championship or two in Brooklyn, that would change this whole narrative that's going around right now. So I'm not going to say cements it. But right now, I do think he made a mistake basketball-wise. Personally, he can go wherever he wants. If he wants to go play in Minnesota, fine. But basketball-wise, he made a mistake. And here's why. He miscalculated. Now, we know he left. Because he felt they would never, he would never get the appreciation, right? The respect for winning in Golden State because that team was so good before he got there. Uh, and he wanted to prove he could win elsewhere. However, I believe that as time was going on and as they were winning, they won the two championships, people were moving away from the narrative of, KD, how in the world could he make that egregious decision and go to Golden State, a 73-win team, championship team, team that beat him in the playoffs? That narrative was fading, and the narrative that was building was KD is awesome. KD is the best player in the world, the two-time finals MVP. He's the best player on that team. That's the narrative that was building. He was getting praised. A lot of people thought he was the best player in the world. A lot of people. And they were saying it. And so there, I think that would have just continued to build had they kept winning, which I'm sure they would have. All right. And the second thing, the notion that they didn't need him. Now, obviously, they just went out and proved it. However, at the time, 2019, Nick, when they lost in the finals to Toronto without KD, that would have ended the discussion about them not needing KD. Whether it was right or wrong, it would have ended it, and people would have been like, oh, yeah, they clearly need KD, and he comes back, 
and from injury, and if they win it with them, now the whole narrative is shifted, and it's not KD went to a team that didn't need him. It's KD is the best player on a dynastic Warriors team. I don't know. And all the stuff, all the stuff being said about Steph, top ten all time, that would be being said about KD. That he's top ten all know. time, and that would have been the discussion. So I don't know that I agree with you about the his last year there, because I think the I think we have to remember what happened leading into the finals. It wasn't just the fight with Draymond. It was, there's the fight with Draymond where Draymond basically says we don't need you. Then first round of the playoffs, were people questioning him? The media was. They asked if Patrick Beverly had figured out the secret sauce. That was the famous I'm Kevin Durant press conference. Then he went out and dropped 50 on Patrick Beverly's head, but I'm sure Beverly was playing great defense. But then what happened? Durant, because I, I was on this show during it. Durant got hurt in the Houston series. And then they won game five without him and game six without him. Then they went to the Western Conference, Western Conference finals without Kevin Durant and swept the Blazers. They then, without Kevin Durant, were one one in the finals, and then I understand, but it's who they it's who they had in the Western Conference Finals. They swept them. Then they're one one in the in the NBA Finals, but Clay misses game game three, and then in game six, down three two, they are they have a lead going into the fourth quarter, and then Clay gets hurt, and in the in, in the immediacy after that, everyone felt terribly about Durant's injury, but there was also the feeling of man. If Clay doesn't go down, the Warriors could have won that thing. And I, by the way, they could have. I don't know if they would have, but they, they're 1-1. Clay misses game three. They're down 3-2, leading in the fourth quarter, and Clay blows his ACL, and they lose the series. So I do, I think KD made the right decision to leave. I don't think he made the right decision in teaming up with Kyrie. I think he's made some bad decisions since leaving. But for Durant, he had to go try to do it outside of that incubator. And this is where I will, I, I will stand, as, Bray, as Draymond would say, hope you stand on that word. I will stand on the words I said when Katie was in Golden State. I want to see you do it elsewhere. That, I still want that. If he'd have stayed there and they'd have won seven titles, it, yes, he, he, okay, so instead of being the 13th all-time greatest player on a lot of people's lists, he's the 11th, maybe, I don't know. Oh, no. But there would always Come be a on. question. No. I, the, Brew, Brew, the, the idea that if he and Steph would have just stuck together, that they wouldn't have cannibalized each other's legacy the way they cannibalized each other's MVP votes while they were together, I think is a little... Uh, unrealistic. I think that that is what has happened. I think the reason that neither, if we want to go on the greatest of the greats, neither Magic nor Kareem for most people are, are in the GOAT discussion. They're in the what, three and four, four and five, but they're not in the GOAT discussion. It's because they cannibalized each other a bit. If either one of those guys had the exact resume they have without the other one being alongside them, they would have a strong GOAT argument. Either one of those guys. Magic went to nine finals, won five championships, and didn't have Kareem. And if Kareem went to ten finals, I think, and well, won six championships or eight, if. nine finals. Yeah, I, of course. <laughs> they needed no, 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 each other. They needed each other. I agree with you on 
I agree with you on that. But I think, Wiles, I think he made the right decision to leave. He had to try to go do it on his own, just like LeBron made the right decision to leave Miami. He had a different box to check, and KD just hasn't checked it yet. I think I think you guys have both Go made ahead, wow. interesting points. Broussard, I'm going to play a piece of sound for you and then get your opinion on it, on whether or not you think Durant's decision to leave was based on narrative outside the building or the vibe inside the building. Take a listen. Last year you told Steph he could have any contract he wants too. Yeah. So well, yeah, that was different. He, he's, he's been here from the run, you know, the way before days. He's earned it. <laughs> cohesion <laughs> so, that joke still stings Broussard yeah it didn't so help. I think even if your theory holds that NBA casuals and diehards alike would come around and say you know what Durant makes that team Durant is great don't you think that the feeling inside the building was that Durant was a hired gun and it was still Steph's team and that's what bothered Durant I think that was a big part of it, too. I I think, you know, obviously, I think both narratives were bothering Durant. And and I understand that. But look, the reason I didn't crush Durant, I was one of the only ones in the national media that didn't crush him when he went to Golden State. was because. And I said this on national television. I said, look, a year from now, when the Warriors win the championship, and Kevin Durant, well, two years, he has two championships and one or two finals MVPs. It's almost a direct quote. People are going to be praising him. And I'm not going to be a hypocrite and sit up here and kill him for making this decision. And then a year from now, oh, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant's the greatest thing in the world. Because we saw that with LeBron. Everybody was killing LeBron. Oh, he's a fraud. He's terrible. Soon as he wins it in Miami, oh, he's the greatest again. And all. so... I saw that was going to happen with Durant. And look, Nick, obviously there still were, you know, hints of people saying, oh, do they need him? Did he take the easy way out and all that? But again, I feel like as time went on, people knew he was the best player on the team. The Warriors knew he was the best player on the team. And he was starting to get more and more praise every year. And then the capper, and you're right, Clay being injured was a factor too, but Clay played five games in that series and averaged 26 points a game. So for the most part, he was there, and they couldn't win it without Durant. Now, whether but they might here. have had Clay been healthy or not, we don't know. But the fact is, they lost, and people would have said it would have. The true. optics would have been they couldn't win it without KD, and here comes KD the next year when he's healthy, and they win it again. So that, I'm just I, saying, like, you think for, if they if he was on the team this year and they won it, you don't think he'd be getting high praise? Here, here's what I think. He'd be getting what Steph's getting. Praise. There would still be that that slight question mark. No, I don't think he'd be getting quite what Steph's getting. But here's the thing for the KD and the Warriors. I've argued that one of the best things to happen to the NBA, but also to the Heat, was not in the way they did it with LeBron melting down but them losing the first year because it made the other two championships feel earned. It felt like, oh, it's not going to be so easy. I think because the Warriors, the first year together, 
goes 16-1 and in the playoffs. The second year together, they sweep the finals. I think because it was like, okay, this truly is an unbeatable team that no one was ever going to get the full credit. There was never the true adversity of, oh, it's not that easy. And so because of that, I thought Durant needed to leave. And I supported him in leaving. I just think he chose a bad wingman. And I think that's been a huge problem. All right, we're going to switch gears. Nick has been hard at work when he's not hard at work here on making this uh, top 50 NBA players of all time list. How high can Steph climb on the list of all-time greats? And where does he rank on Nick's? Find out next. First things first. The inaugural USFL playoffs kicking off this weekend on Fox as the Philadelphia Stars face the New Jersey Generals for birth in the title game from the Pro Football Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, Ohio. The USFL playoffs, Saturday, 3 Eastern. That's cool. Only on Fox. All right, we got stories to start your morning. Brought to you by the Subway Eat Fresh Refresh. We're back out in San Francisco where Steph Curry and his four rings were on full display. And with this latest ring and his finals MVP, Steph's ranking has become quite the trendy conversation topic. Is he a top 10 all-time guy. Nick, on your podcast, you've been counting down the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years. You are right on the cusp of the top 10. Take us through the most recent releases, number 15 through 10, if you will. I would love to. So number 15 is Isaiah Thomas. I suggest you watch that episode on our YouTube page. Winning record in the playoffs against Magic Super Team, Bird Super Team, and a guy named Michael Jordan, despite the fact that his only top 75 teammate was Dennis Rodman. Number 14 is Giannis. Number 13 is Kevin Durant. Number 12 is Moses Malone. Won three MVPs. Went to a finals. Was the best player on the greatest team ever, the 83 Sixers. Arguably the greatest team ever. So went to a couple finals. And number 11 is Dr. J. Because I, like Chris Broussard, recognize the ABA actually happened as opposed to so many of my colleagues that pretend it was an idea, not an awesome league that kicked the NBA's ass a lot of years. And number 10 is one Stephen Curry. So the question here is, Brew, can Steph move up or is he going to move down or is he going to stay where he is? So you, I think you believe like I believe. Your legacy doesn't move backwards. There is nothing Steph could do in a negative way that it's like, oh, well, now Dr. J's back ahead of him. Like, he would, Steph will be ahead of Dr. J and Moses and Isaiah forever. But so how could he move backwards if somebody passes? I think it's unlikely at this point for Durant to pass. However, I think Giannis is going to pass a lot of people. And I don't think and so we can show you. But then it's like, hey, can Steph move up? Here are the nine guys Steph is behind in in just in alphabetical order. The only way for me, Brew, Steph is going to pass any of these guys is going to be either winning another MVP, which I find incredibly unlikely, or winning another championship, which I find very unlikely. Because his counting stuff is not great. He only has four first-team All-NBAs. For some context, Bird, who didn't play that long, has nine. He is, Kobe has 11. Akeem, who had to fight with other centers before they changed the rules to put multiple centers on a ballot, has six of them. So I don't think he's going to get there. There, His total points, he's not in the top 40 all-time. Total assists, not in the top 50 all-time. So it's championships or MVPs. So the question I would have for you is this, because I know you regard Giannis as highly as I do. What do you think is more likely? 
Steph wins another ring or Giannis wins multiple more rings over the rest of his career? I think it's Giannis, and that would put Giannis ahead of Steph. So I'm going to say, now maybe you would say both are going to happen, and then we got to move them both up. So I actually think Steph's more likely to move down by virtue of the fact that Giannis is going to pass him. I think Steph is more likely to move up. All right, and here's why. And I agree with you. I think Giannis is going to jump a few guys. And you brought up Steph winning another championship. That's the key for all these guys. And, and I'm not just a ring count guy. Oh, whoever's got more rings, he's ahead of he's ahead of this guy. Because Kobe has more rings than LeBron. But I got LeBron ahead of Kobe. So it's not just the ring count, but it is a strong consideration. It is a big part of it, especially when your, your statistics, your individual play is at such a high level. So it's like, not like people Correct. can hold that against you and just say, oh, you just got rings. No, you're averaging 27 points a game, too, in the case of Steph Curry in the finals. Yep. So I would, I think he's, I think Giannis is definitely moving up, but I think Steph is too, because I think the Warriors, Nick, have a great chance to win another championship. Now, you mentioned the counting stats and all NBA teams and stuff like that. Okay, that's fine. But I could also mention other things like, well, Steph's got more MVPs than several guys that you have ahead of him. Kobe, Shaq, Shaq, Hakeem. He's got, right, he's got more MVPs than those guys. And so there's that. And so I, I do think another ring. Now, you may say, Nick, well, I, I really think Dr. J, because I think you had him ahead of Steph before this championship. You think Dr. J, yeah. KD, Durant, or, um, Moses are better players individually than Steph. But because of his accomplishments, now he's got four rings and a finals MVP. You had to move Steph ahead just because of his accomplishments. I think, yeah, I I think Steph if he was another Moses ring. Moses and Dr. J three months ago. As of three months ago, he okay. was behind both so, those guys. As of three weeks ago, I, he was behind Dr. J. I, I, so, yes, he passed Dr. J in the last week and a half. Go ahead. If if he wins another ring, I think you're going to do the same thing with Shaq and, and, and Elijah Wan and Bird. Like, I, I almost put him ahead of Larry Bird now. But if he gets another ring, a fifth ring, three of them without Kevin Durant, and he's the only unanimous MVP in the history of basketball. Yeah, I, I think you'd end up moving him up. Even as Giannis moves up two, I think Steph will move up. I think Steph's going to move down, Nick. And you did this list, so I'm going to put the question out to you. Steph's three-pointer, we've talked about it, is the ultimate offensive weapon. I think it's the most devastating weapon in all of team sports and certainly in NBA history. It's more powerful than any dunk. But when we look at that list, how do you take the fact that you have some great two-way players on that list? Hakeem, all-time great. Duncan, all-time great. Kobe, great defensive player. Jordan, uh, one defensive player of the year. Magic was Steele's leader, but eh, Kareem, obviously great. Shaq probably could have been better. Bird could have been better. Uh, and Steph's a defensive liability. How does that weigh into where it you hurts. want to put him? Especially well, the fact that Giannis is I mean, coming that's, up that's, and he's got a defensive player of the year. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's listen. The, uh, so everyone, so you have on this list, Akeem and Duncan, 
the two greatest defensive players of the last 50 years. LeBron, Michael, and Kobe, who all, at various points in their career, were the best perimeter defender in the sport, one could argue, for all of those guys. Kareem was a devastating defender. Shaq should have been a more devastating defender, but there was a period of time, particularly in Orlando, when he was a devastating defender. And then Bird and Magic were not great defenders. Just flatly, they just weren't. And so Magic stuff, though, is so overwhelming that just, I mean, he played 12 years before HIV. He went to nine finals, won five ranks. He won like 75% of his games. The Magic stuff is just overwhelming. Uh, So yeah, that weighs. That absolutely matters. And it's one of the reasons why Giannis could pass Steph, in my mind, potentially, with one more ring. Got to see how it happens. Got to see what he does. And some of that's projection. Like there's, you know, with, well, I'm putting him there and I think he's moving up. Like, because Giannis is, Giannis, by the way, has the same number of all NBA first teams as Steph. Has the same number of MVPs as Steph. And the unanimous MVP thing, I actually, Brew, don't care about that. And here's why I don't care about that. I do care if you were the resounding no question MVP. I don't care that in 2001, one guy stupidly didn't vote for Shaq. I don't care that in 2013, one guy, your buddy Gary Washburn, stupidly didn't vote for LeBron. And so to me, that doesn't make Steph's 2016 year better because one person wasn't a doofus in those votes. So I, but yeah, the defensive side has to matter, which by the way, will hurt my large adult Slovenian son, Luca. It's probably will prevent him from being the GOAT. Defensive side of the ball. He he probably peeks out wilds at three. Luca probably can only get to third best ever. I'm just Look, I, I hear you, Nick. Look, Steph should not have been the first unanimous MVP. We all know that. But he is. We got to go with what yeah. is official. Yeah. The NBA released their That's top true. 75. So did a lot of other publications. But the NBA's is official. Steph, whether you think Clay should be in there, AD shouldn't, don't matter. We got to go yeah. with the official list. So he is an official and unanimous MVP and the only one. And I think, look, he's not a great defender. But I do think it's overstated, people saying how bad he is. How could they have the top-ranked defense in the league several times or one of the top five, and he's leading them in minutes? So he's a good team defender. Good team defender. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow on Disputed right now.